So I'm really, really glad you're here today as we continue our series um, called The Holy Spirit Is. I think that all of us in some way or another struggle to relate to God uh, because, you know, he's God (laughs) and we're human and um, we struggle to relate to him because we tend to relate to people based on the structures we already understand, like when a person is a CEO or a grandmother or a friend or a manager, or we know how to relate to them based on that framework. But when it comes to God, the Bible tells us that God is three persons in one God. And like, I don't know anybody that's three in one. So how do we know how to relate to him? And then you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How do we know how to relate to a spirit? A spirit is a formless essence. And so I think we sometimes struggle to know how to relate. So in this series, we're doing this series because I want to encourage your relationship with the Holy Spirit, and I want to help your relationship with the Holy Spirit to grow because the Holy Spirit is the one of the three persons of God that is here on earth and present now. He's the one that's present. He's the one that's moving as we sing. And he's the one that's with you on Monday morning when nobody else sees. He's the one that's with you in the middle of the night when no one else knows what you're going through. He's the one that's present. So it's vital that we understand how to have a relationship with the person of God that is here on earth with us now. That's the Holy Spirit. So we've um, taken, since we don't have a, you know, necessarily another title that helps us, we've taken pictures. The Bible has given us images of the Holy Spirit that helps us relate to him, and we've narrowed down four of the most often used images, wind, water, fire, and oil. So the Holy Spirit is not like a father. He's not like a son. Last week, we said he is like the wind. And now today, I want to say to you, he is like, he is like water. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is like water. So there's this uh, incredible event in the Bible in John 7, 37 and 38, and I want to read it to you, and then we'll, we'll refer to it several times today. On the last and greatest day of the festival, so there's this big festival in Israel, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, There's not many times the Bible says that Jesus spoke in a loud voice. Now, maybe it was because of the party that was going on around him, so he had to speak over them. Maybe it was because he was so emphatic about what he was saying. We don't know. We just know he spoke in a loud voice, and that's unusual. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, Rivers of living water will flow from within them. So what Jesus is doing is he's inviting people who are spiritually thirsty to turn to him. And he says, when you do that, you'll not just be satisfied, but you'll actually overflow. I noticed when I first came to Christ as a teenager, I had a a, a deeply void soul and inner life. But as I came to faith in Christ... And the Holy Spirit moved in my life, I begin to see this dramatic shift and change in my life. And I begin to see this overflow come out of my life that I was actually ministering life to other people. When I, when I worked at a men's clothing department store, I, there was a guy that I worked with that was Buddhist. There was a, another guy that was a Mormon that I worked with. There was another guy that was just a plain old redneck. And 
and and And I saw this life flowing out of me ministering to them. And then I worked at a hospital and I found myself praying with patients and I found myself reaching out to one of my coworkers at another hospital that I worked with. And then I, I saw this overflow flowing out of my life and in some ways touching my family. And a year and a half ago, I had the joy of um, baptizing in water one of my nieces who had come to faith in Christ and was actually just watching church online in her bedroom because that's the only expression of church she had. She couldn't drive herself to a church. There she was. That was it. But, but faith planted in her and grew in her, and I had the privilege of baptizing her in water. And then as I had a family of my own, I see my two sons, as they've grown up and become young men, I see the life that flowed out of my life that's touched them. And now they follow Jesus. So it's not, it's this satisfaction, it's this fullness that's so full that it flows over. That's what Jesus is saying. So um, you might be wondering, you know, where in that scripture did it say anything about the Holy Spirit being like water? Well, it, well, it didn't. Jesus said, if you come to me and drink, if you're thirsty, rivers of living, living water will flow out of you. Now, now watch. But if you go to the very next verse, this doesn't happen all the time in scripture, I just want to tell you. But if you go to the very next verse, here's the explanation. Are you ready? Verse 39. By this, he meant the Spirit. (laughs) You go, where does it say it's about? By this, like the Scripture doesn't always even bother explaining itself or explaining what just happened. It can't be clearer. What do you think he meant by that? Well, by this, (laughs) he meant the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's like water. He's like water, living water, overflowing water, streams of water. Water is the single most often used picture for the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And not just water, but like different types of water. Let me show you a few of them. The Holy Spirit is sometimes pictured as a river, a river flowing and moving and, and cutting a path. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is pictured as a well. You can draw from the well of salvation. You can draw living water. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is pictured as a spring, as a source of life. Sometimes the, the Holy Spirit's pictured as a pool where we, where we draw water and quench our thirst. Man, sometimes the Holy Spirit is pictured as a flood that just literally overwhelms an area with his presence. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is pictured as rain, a gentle, soaking, saturating rain that just quenches and hydrates everything it touches. So if the Holy Spirit is an unlimited source of spiritual hydration and life flowing out of us, I have three questions for you this morning. Number one, have you ever been dehydrated? Now, I don't mean like, you know, I've been shopping at the mall for an hour and I'm thirsty. You know what I'm talking about? I mean like where your gums stick to your teeth. You're you're really, really, really thirsty. I had never been dehydrated until several years ago. Uh, Both our boys played football and I was out on the field 
And I was, you know, it was August in Alabama, <laughs> you know, just a few degrees north of hell. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's hot. And I'm out there running, you know, like crazy. And I'm, and I'm just, I'm starting to get dizzy and I'm, you know, getting a headache and I'm seeing, and I'd never been dehydrated in my life. I'd always done stuff outside. And I just feel so weird. And I go to the trainer and I say, hey, I'm, you know, I, I don't, I think I'm okay, but something's going on. You know, what should I do? And she's talking me through all the stuff. Then she goes, have you ever thought you might be dehydrated? I said, no, I've never been dehydrated in my life. Dehydration is for other people. It's not for me, you know. Sure enough, I went home and I got in the shade for a couple of days and I started to drink a lot of water and I got off my feet and I felt so good after about two or three days. <laughs> it's amazing, you know. But that's what I'm talking about. Like, like have you ever, I, I, dehydration is a serious, serious thing. Do you know over 60% of your body's water? If you lose 2% of the water in your body, you will begin to experience dehydration. 2%. That's it. It's all you have to lose. If you lose 5%, you will experience extreme fatigue, cramps, and headaches. If you lose 10% of the water in your body, you'll die. 10%. That's all it takes. Water is an absolute vital source. Dehydration is a serious thing. It's a crisis. It can kill you. And so... I just want to look for a minute at some of the symptoms of dehydration and see why God might have chosen the picture of water to describe the Holy Spirit to us. What might we learn spiritually from physical dehydration? Well, here's some of the symptoms. If you become dehydrated, you'll lose your ability to see. You see spots and you get dizzy and you get disoriented and confused and you're going the wrong direction. You lose your spiritual vision and you lose discernment and you get confused about your purpose in life and your direction and you start chasing the wrong things. That's what spiritual dehydration can do to you. And if you become dehydrated, you'll lose your ability to walk right. Oh, man. You'll start to stagger and you'll walk funny and you'll start to do things you wouldn't normally do. And maybe some of the moral failures and lapse of judgment that we've seen among people has more to do with their spiritual condition than the condition of the world around them. Maybe it's a lack of spiritual hydration. You'll lose your ability to talk right. When you get really dehydrated, you start to stammer and murmur and mumble and, you, and people don't understand you and you start to say confusing things and you become frustrated and angry and you start to lash out at people and snap at people and maybe when you're spiritually dehydrated you snap at your friends or your spouse or your kids or your coworkers and on social media you just spend all your time engaging in arguments and just lighten people up. Maybe that's a sign that you're spiritually dry. Because you're not, there's nothing life-giving coming out of you. Which brings me to the last one. When you're dehydrated, you lose your ability to be life-giving. Do you know that some animals, when they get extremely dehydrated, actually there's an aroma that is released out of their pores, and it's called the aroma of death. And do you know what it is? 
It's nature's way and it's God's way that he built in creation of keeping the earth clean. So what happens is when an animal gets to that point of no return of dehydration, their body begins to uh, release this aroma of death that's a dinner bell for predators to say, come and get me. You know what happens when you and I become spiritually dehydrated? We don't give life, we just give death. And what we say to the enemy is, here I am, I'm vulnerable, come and get me. Because there's no saturation, there's no, there's no life inside, there's no water. <laughs> it's, it's dry, it's dry inside. Do you think God's trying to tell us something when he gives us the picture of water for the Holy Spirit? Listen to this, water's to our body what the Holy Spirit is to our soul. Now here's something very interesting. In John chapter 7, the scripture that we read from a few minutes ago, they're at the very end of a um, Jewish festival that would kind of be like our 4th of July, except check this out, it's an eight-day festival. How many think our holidays are too short? I think our holidays are way too short. Like eight days. I'm, I'm ready for 4th of July, 5th of July, 6th of July, you know what I'm saying? We need, we need an eight-day deal here. That's why we're stressed. We don't have enough holidays. But it's an eight-day festival. But let me tell you something that happens at this festival It's really cool. Um, at the end of the festival, the priest would go and get a golden pitcher and he would scoop it into a pool of water and then he would go into the temple and he would go to the altar and he would take that water, you're like, uh-oh, he would take that water, should I? <laughs> All right, he would take that water, watch this. And he, I'll just do a little bit. And he would pour it out on the altar. And what it was is it was a sacrifice. It was a, it was a sacrifice to God, an offering to God. And then listen to this. And after he would pour it out on the altar, he would read Isaiah 12, 3 that says, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. That's how this that's how this festival would climax. And then the Levites would come and blow trumpets and people would start singing and shouting and dancing. But listen, here's what's, here's what's amazing. Here's what's amazing. Right in the middle of that moment, that's the very moment that Jesus stood to his feet and with a loud voice said, if any of you are thirsty, come to me and drink. Now, there are people that say, look, Jesus wasn't God. He was just a good teacher. He thought he was God. Because nobody else would say, come to me and drink. <laughs> I am the source of living water. That's what Jesus was saying. I am the source. If you're thirsty, if you're tired of religion, if you're tired of ritual, if you're tired of trying to earn your way in, if you're tired of guilt, if you're tired of shame, if you're tired of sin, if you're tired of bondage, if you're tired of trying to work it out in your own strength and your own power, come to me. I will give you living water. Incredible moment. Because Jesus knew that when the eight-day party was over, that those people would go right back to the same life that they left. And nothing would change. And so Jesus said, <laughs> if you're really thirsty, if you really want an answer, if you really want to know, come to me.
and I'll give you water that won't just be enough for you. It will actually bubble over and flow out of you into the people around you, and there will be a river of goodness. So what about you? How hydrated are you? Are you satisfied? Are you, are you, you have a little bit? Are, are you halfway? Or how, how's your dehydration going? Are you full? Are you overflowing? Let me ask you a second question. How do we get spiritually dehydrated? Well, if the Holy Spirit's an unlimited source of spiritual hydration, how do we get spiritually dehydrated? Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13 says, My people have committed two sins. One, they've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns. This is the second one. Broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So let's unpack those just for a minute. The first way that we become spiritually dehydrated is we abandon God. We abandon him. Now this could be something as simple as just basic neglect. I'm busy. I'm not praying. I'm not worshiping. I'm not giving. I'm not reading the Bible. I'm not open to God. I'm not having spiritual conversations with anybody. All my conversations are about you know, how to get through Monday and how to get to the next day and how to do all the things I'm trying to do. Maybe I'm not uh, gathering with the church. I'm, I'm distant from God. My passion has cooled off. Uh, let's just take one of those as an example. Uh, my entire lifetime as a pastor, like my whole, the whole time I've been a pastor, most of my adult life, church attendance in America has been declining. So it, it, there was a day that the average Christian went to church three or four times a month, and then it dropped to two times a month, and now it's dropped to about one and a half times a month. And if you go into the New England area of America, they're telling us it's once every eight weeks. Once every eight weeks. So <laughs> I think what's happening is, is the American church is just dehydrating to death. I think we're just dehydrating. I, I, I think we're just losing our spiritual um, refreshment from inside. Now look, the answer's not well, if you'd all just go to church more, it'd be better. That's not, that's not the reason I'm using the illustration. There are people who go to church every week, and they're dry. <laughs> it's possible. Like I, we, I can give you some examples, you know what I mean? It's actually possible. But the point is, is to develop a faithful rhythm in your life so that the Holy Spirit has access to your soul so that he can touch you deeply and change you deeply and fill you completely and make you the person he wants you to be. Gathering with the church is part of that. And I think oftentimes when people distance themselves from the church, it's a sign it's not happening, but it's not like the silver bullet. It's not like the answer. The answer is a lot of things. Maybe, maybe you've just drifted from God. You say, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't set out with, hey, I'm going to get busy and overwhelmed and this crisis is going to happen and I'm just going to sort of drift away from God. M maybe you're here, you're online with us today and you just, it just happened. You don't even remember how it happened or know how it happened. You drifted from God. I wanted to say something to you today. 
I'm so thrilled that you're here or that you're here with us online because the Holy Spirit wants to refresh you. He wants to fill you and refresh you and restore you. So if that fits you, that's not a point of shame. That's a point of invitation. The Holy Spirit like scheduled this for you. And that's an amazing invitation. So I'm glad you're here. The other thing that Jeremiah says that we do that causes dehydration is we substitute something for God. Now, it's an Old Testament picture that we don't totally understand because we don't use cisterns, but a cistern is basically just a well, and when the bottom of the cistern had a crack in it, it would rain, it would fill up with water, and then all the water would just drain out the bottom. So it would be like trying to go to a broken cistern that couldn't hold water and get water. Like you would, be, you would be going to a location to get something that was supposed to be there, but it's not there. And so the reason he's using this is because oftentimes we substitute things for God. We, we substitute. Have you ever got anything, a generic brand of something? You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it's cool, you know, you get generic medicine. I look on the back and I go, wait a minute, this is the same thing. It's just $3 cheaper, you know? Great. Or you get like, maybe there's some generic cereals that work, you know, they're okay. But there's some generic things that you ought not to buy. I, I just, one year, you look, I, I grew up poor, and so I was always looking for a way to you know, save some money, and I had this brilliant idea one year that I'm going to save, you know, like four or five cents, something incredible, because I was going to buy this, you know, generic scotch tape. Can I tell you, I fought those presents, and I lost and it was like fly fishing with cheap tape. I mean, I, it was wound in my hair. It was stuck to the table. Don't buy the cheap tape. There's, there's just a tip. See, some of you went, there's the reason I came today. Don't buy cheap tape. The other thing I tried one time, just out of ignorance, is generic cheese. You, you, you tried it? Or you just looked at it and you knew better? Sliced cheese. And so you open it, and it's like, you know, orange cellophane. And I put it on something, I don't know, a hamburger or something, and I put it in the microwave and melted it, and it came out like plastic melted glue. And I just threw the whole thing away. I said, look, get it out of the house. It's not worth it. But, but look, this is, what, this is what God is saying. When we pursue things with the belief that they're going to give us life, and they're anything other than him, you might as well be eating plastic glue cheese. So you can pursue a dream career, a dream spouse, a dream vacation, a number of followers, a number of fame, um, financial security. I'm not saying any, any of those things in and of themselves are bad. But when they become your life pursuit and you believe that they are the thing that, are, that is going to satisfy you and bring you peace and joy. You are drinking from a broken well. And I'm telling you, it will, leave you, it will leave you empty inside. Now, you may do good for a little while. And externally, you may look good. And things may go good. And you know what? What's worse than that, sometimes, is you might actually even succeed. And sometimes that makes it worse because you actually believe that you got it all in, in order and everything's going the way it should go and it's all flowing your way. 
but inside you're dry and dusty and empty because nothing can fill your soul like the Holy Spirit. Nothing can heal your brokenness. Nothing can drive out your fear. Nothing can produce peace and joy but the Holy Spirit. So you may rock on for a little while and be fine, but there's coming a day that you're going to look inside and realize that you're bankrupt. And we're trying to live these overflowing lives, but we're drawing from a soul that's spiritually dehydrated. And you can't, you can't do that. The Holy Spirit wants a regular relationship with you. So here's the last question. Are you aware of your spiritual thirst? Now, I'm not asking you the question, are you spiritually thirsty? Because I believe that you are, whether you know you are or not, because God made you for the Holy Spirit. He made your soul in such a way it can only be satisfied by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so you and I as humans have the shared experience of being spiritually thirsty, whether we know it or not. It's just sometimes we get busy, we get successful, we get whatever. We get in crisis, we get distracted, and we forget or become less aware of our spiritual thirst. But it doesn't go away. It's like me walking around the football field down there going, I feel fine, I'm fine, I don't get dehydrated, nothing's wrong with me, I'm good. And inside, I'm dying. <laughs> My body is dying. But I wasn't aware. But did that change the fact? No, it didn't change the fact. Did it change the solution? No, it didn't change the solution. I needed water. You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. Listen to what David wrote in Psalm 42.1. As the deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. So the question is not, are you thirsty? The question is, do you know you need the Holy Spirit? Let me change it. How, how aware are you of your need for the Holy Spirit? See, I think one of the reasons we stay dehydrated is because we think about the things of God as optional. We think about them as nice additions. We think about them as things that can come and kind of lay a layer of blessing on top of our lives that we're trying to build the way we want to build. And it's like, hey, we made this great meal or this great whatever. Hey, let's don't forget to say the blessing at the end and put a little cherry on top. But man, that is not, that is not it. The Holy Spirit is your source of Life is your source of hydration in your soul. And without him, look, when we're hydrated, we, we talk better, we see better, we walk better, and we give life. That's what happens to us. So would you just stand with me this morning? If you're online, our prayer team is online. They're, they're live, they're real people. <laughs> and they're waiting for you to pray with you. If you need prayer, I just want you to jump over in the comments and 
just type a, a prayer need or your name or whatever, whatever you'd need to. And our prayer team's going to meet you there. For all of us. Man, I want to invite you to meet the Holy Spirit today. He's not, you know, creepy or weird. He's the Spirit of love. And man, He just wants to meet you in, in this moment and refresh you. And so we're going to sing this song. The song's called Holy Spirit. And it just talks about how we can welcome the Holy Spirit. And so would you do that? Those of you online and here in person, would you do that? As I pray in just a minute, would you just welcome the Holy Spirit into your soul and into your thoughts and into your emotions and into your relationships and into your, at your job and in your life? Holy Spirit, we welcome you now as deeply as we know how. We open ourselves as much as we know how to open ourselves. God, we believe today that you've come. You've come here in this moment to quench thirst. You've come to fill. You've come to wash. Lord, you've come to cleanse. You've come to refresh.